Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up? I'm B, and whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we're going to be reacting to a new Milena Ciciotti video. And by new, I mean new to me because this was posted about two weeks ago. But... Milena recently went on Brittany Dawn's podcast, Chiseled and Called, and they were talking about modesty. Now, I thought about reacting to that podcast episode, but as I started thinking more and more about it, I was like, I am constantly complaining about how religious influencers just recycle the same points over and over again. And I vividly remember myself saying at one point, probably during like a girl defined reaction video or maybe Paul and Morgan is just like how many different times can we talk about modesty how many times are we going to bring this up why is this constantly what we're talking about when there are so many other more important issues or other facets of Christianity that we can talk about that would be interesting and so in the spirit of that in the spirit of variety in topics that are covered I decided to go ahead and skip that one I just know how sick I get of talking about modesty, and so I figured y'all are probably a little bit sick of it too, but if you're not and you want to hear a reaction to the podcast, definitely let me know because I will do that if it's something that you want to hear. I do think it'll be interesting if we end up doing a reaction to it um, to hear the dynamic between Milena and Brittany. Something that I was thinking about is why Brittany chose now to talk about modesty with Milena. Um, I know that they haven't really done any sort of collaboration before, so I was like, this was something that I saw coming. But then them also talking about modesty at this time was kind of interesting because I figured that if Brittany was going to do this type of podcast with Milena, it would have been a while a while back. It wouldn't necessarily be now because I don't feel like she's focusing on modesty now. But then I remembered that her and Jordan said that they're starting IUI treatments and I hope that they go well. I hope that they get the outcome that they are wanting from those treatments, like wishing her all the best in this new medical endeavor and her journey to becoming a parent. I'm wishing them the best. But I found it kind of ironic that they're starting these treatments and now she chooses to have Milena, who is currently pregnant, on her podcast talking about modesty. I think maybe she's sort of planning ahead and thinking about how she's going to tie modesty into being pregnant and being like a modest mama and thinking of future collaborations that she can do with Milena because that is something that Milena focuses on a lot so I think maybe the wheels are turning for Brit here and that's why we got that collaboration but anyway that's not what we're reacting to today again though if you want to see it let me know I'll make it happen for you the video that we are reacting to today is from Milena, though, because I figured it's been a while since we've caught up with her, and it is called We've Got Work To Do, dot, 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 the sin no one talks about. I'm interested to hear what that is and have this conversation with you, but before we get into the reaction, let's go ahead and do Win For The Week. If you are new around here, a win for the week is where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week that you would consider a win. 
big or small, whatever it may be, if it made you happy, if it made you joyful, if it made you smile, if it made you laugh, whatever it is, if you consider it a win, I want to hear about it and celebrate with you. And if you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave that in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. My win for the week is that I got a new toaster. I've had the same toaster for uh, nine years now, and it, it's really fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, it's pretty bulky. It's pretty big. Um, it's one of those toasters that also has an attachment on it, so you can make like breakfast sandwiches, so you can cook like meat on it, and you can do an egg in a little skillet, and it's supposed to cook everything at the same time, and voila, you've got a breakfast sandwich. And at the time when I bought it, I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. I'm going to use this all the time. And I maybe used the the sandwich maker portion of it like three times in nine years. And so, yeah, for Christmas, I got a gift card to Kohl's and I was like, perfect, let's go ahead and use this gift card and get a brand new toaster. It's pretty fun. It's digital. It has a bagel option. And here's the thing. Here's This is what sold me on it. There's a defrost option. And if you have ever, I don't eat these very often, but whenever I do, I always have to defrost them in the microwave first. If you've ever eaten, um, what's it called? A Pillsbury toaster strudel. You know you have to defrost that first. Otherwise, the edges are going to be scorching hot and the middle's still going to be frozen. So um, I just the thought of having a defrost option on a toaster, I was like, you got me. Let's go. You're coming home with us. And so got a new toaster. I'm excited about it. That's my win for the week. And I cannot wait to hear yours. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this reaction. Well, can I just start off by saying I'm so thankful we have the word of God. It is just so cool how he literally talks about any and everything that we could possibly ever struggle with. And the topic we're going to talk about today, I would say, is probably one of the slowest killing, slow poison ways to disrupt and destruct an entire household, a life. It is one of these really poisonous things that are so sneaky and that is idleness this is a topic Mm. that kind of like gluttony aren't really talked about too much they're kind of hard to address because it feels it's it's different than sexual sin you know when you talk about sexual sin it's like yes stop having sex but then when you talk about idleness it's like that (laughs) is something that can Okay, so based on what Milena just said, I am inferring that her belief regarding spiritual purity, quote unquote, is that you are all good to go. You are in the right as long as you do not have sex before marriage. Like sex, actual literal sex is the only thing that would be considered sexual immorality according to Christians. There's no deeper conversation. There's no nuance. There's no looking at the intent behind certain scriptures. We don't need Brittany Dawn's rules of don't lay down together, don't cuddle on the couch together, have your heads at opposite ends of the couch if you're going to relax and watch a movie. That's very interesting. As we've talked about multiple times, I definitely like to take a nuanced approach to sex and sexuality, especially as a Christian. And I think it's really important to have nuanced conversations and open conversations about 
why or why not someone might want to set certain boundaries regarding their own body and making sure that they are living in integrity with what they want for their life and what they feel is right according to their religion. But according to Malena, it is just the boundary is in the mechanics of actual physical sex. That's it. Simple, cut and dried. Okay. It's so different in each and every single person's life. And so I wanted to talk about idleness in the home. There are a lot of areas where idleness can take place, even with your speech, having idle speech. And so this conversation of idleness is hard to manage and navigate through because of how multifaceted it is. So I'm going to try my best to approach it in a gentle manner, in a way that is digestible to all, in a way that is digestible to many because again it's I can't you can't just take one thing and apply it to the surface and it apply to everyone else so I want to be cautious with that but if you just basically look up if you were to just google search today the Oxford dictionary for idle is avoiding work lazy without pursuit or effort and pointless now if we go to scripture it talks about idling so much. There's a couple different phrases that the Bible will use. I found that the two most common is idle and then busy bodied, which I find funny. I don't know why I find that funny, but I do. If you flip over to First no. Thessalonians 5.14, this, I love the book of Thessalonians, but in this specific piece towards the end, in chapter 5, they're talking about the day of the Lord. And so there's like this urgency and pressingness of him coming back. And we have Paul talking and urging us. So if you go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, I'll look it up. Says, Why not? We urge you, brothers, abolish the idleness, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that no one repays evil with evil, but always seeks to do good to one another and everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, Jesus Christ, in you. Do not quench the Holy Spirit, do not despise prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm like, wow, like I, I just, okay. this is what I mean when I say I appreciate God's word because here he is, the first thing he says is to, to abolish this. But then after that, he gives very specific things as to what you are supposed to do instead. So then he's saying to abolish being idle Sorry, I know this is irrelevant and it's totally a matter of personal preference, but I wish Milena was like just sitting down and talking to the camera in her videos. Um, every video that I've reacted to of her so far has been her um, just doing kind of a voiceover and then us seeing her like make dinner or doing laundry. Well, no, no, no. She did. Um, oh, what was it? In one of the videos that she did, she was doing stuff around the house. Like it was the one where she was talking about like, um, the most important lesson she had learned that year, right? So she's like doing stuff in the kitchen and she's trying on shoes and she's going into the laundry room and carrying the basket. And that that's kind of 
um, cool, I guess. It's not necessarily my preference, but at least we got to like see her face and see her talking. I wish in more of her videos, we just saw her like sitting down and hanging out. Her house seems very cozy. So I think it would just be like a comfy vibey video if she was sitting on the couch in comfortable clothes. Maybe she's got a cup of coffee or hot cocoa and she's got her Bible and she's sitting here having this conversation with us as opposed to doing a voiceover and seeing her like cook or fold laundry or clean the kitchen in the background. It just feels very disconnected to me. Like having uh, this perspective, like watching this footage doesn't make me feel like I want to connect to Milena. It feels like there's a distance there. And I know that I'm watching this with a critical eye and maybe her audience sees it differently. Maybe they love this type of video. But for me, it just is a little bit, um, I don't want to say distracting, but it's just not my favorite. Courage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them, repay no one with evil with evil, seek to do good, rejoice always like he literally says like don't do this one thing and i find it interesting that the one thing he's saying not for us to do in the days of the lord coming is to idle and just fyi we are living in the last days he was living in the last days oh. we're living even more so in the last days and so idling is not something that we have time for Four. Now, if you flip over a couple more pages up into your Bible, you I respectfully disagree with her saying that we are in the end times. People have been saying that for years and years and years. And personally, I think it's just a fear tactic. It's like, look at the state of the world. We are in the end of days. We are experiencing birthing pains. You better get it together because Jesus is coming back. And if you're not right with him, he's not taking you to heaven and you're going to burn in hell forever. I think it's just something that people say to like scare other people into thinking in the way that they want them to think. But I mean... I, I respectfully disagree. I don't think that we are in the end times. Oh my God, can you imagine how embarrassing it would be if like the day after I post this video, the entire world just like falls apart and everyone who saw this and was on the same page as Milena is like, what do you think now, V? How do you feel about what you said now? We'll get into the book of Timothy. I'm going to be reading from First okay. Timothy 5. And again, I'm just saying God's word literally talks about everything. So it's instructions for the church, and it's talking about widows. And so if you go to 1 Timothy 5, 13, he says, Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going from home to home, and do not only idle, but also gossip and busybodies, saying what they should not. Younger widows marry, bear children, manage their household, and give the adversity no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. Here he's just explaining what happens wow. when we idle. We go from house to house. We gossip. We're busy bodies. We say things we shouldn't be saying. And so have younger widows marry, have children, and manage their households. So that they give no adversity for slander. And I feel like it's just interesting how every time there is a problem that's imposed for example, in this idleness, there's a solution that is given right after. And so I feel like the idea of idleness isn't so much that like being busy bodied or not having purpose or not doing something is the issue. It's more so the effects and the domino effect that comes from it. I just want to urge 
mothers to be careful about this because mm. again it's a slow and sneaky poison that will destruct your home i have a couple more verses that i just want to highlight they talk about idleness okay. because it is brought over in scripture several several times but if you go over to ecclesiastes ten eighteen, it says because of laziness the building decays and through idleness of hands the house leaks and i just find it so interesting how there's nothing ever good said about idleness. It is a sin and it is a sneaky one. And it is really hard for us to kind of navigate sometimes. But last thing, I want us to flip over to Proverbs. Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, if you have... Whenever Malena gives verses, I always find myself reading a few verses before and a few after just to kind of see what else is in these chapters. And it's funny because the verse right after the one that she read... Um, in my Bible says, a party gives laughter, wine gives happiness, and money gives everything. And I just wonder what the deeper context of that is. Um, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon, and this section of chapter 10 is called The Ironies of Life. According to my Bible, I or on my phone, I'm using the NLT version. It's always interesting to see little snippets like that because I get so curious and I want to dig into it further and further. But I'm keeping my eyes focused. I know what I'm here for. We're reacting to the Milena video. I'm not doing a deep dive on every scripture that she brings up. We're, we're getting back into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've not read those recently. I just really want to encourage you to spend some time in those today because they are just so rich with so much wisdom and so much just straight up facts and things that just are just make sense. If you're going through something, you don't have to Google it. Just go to Proverbs and you'll find most likely a very great explanation and blunt thing of what to do. So in Proverbs... If you're familiar with like the beginning of Proverbs, there is a evil woman, the forbidden woman. It, it kind of talks about her and names her in a couple of different ways. I'm not going to read all of it because it's kind of in Proverbs 5, 6, and 7, but you'll see it's like this theme of this woman. She is loud and proud and it's describing her as an adulteress and someone who is cheating on her husband. And so she goes about doing these lavish oh things, but I think it's interesting in Proverbs 7, 11, it says, she is loud and wayward. Her feet do not stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the market, and at every corner she lies and waits and seizes him and kisses him. And with bold face, she says to him, and then it's like these, this like love letter of a thing that she says to this guy about her Egyptian linens and her perfumes with myrrh and coming into her bed and stuff. And so obviously she's like lusting after this man and wanting him to cheat. And she's just an awful woman. She's a homewrecker. So there's, <laughs> the Bible has a literal description of a homewrecker here. And so there she is. But one thing that I find that is interesting is that she's 
busy-bodied. She's loud. Her feet do not stay at home. She's in the streets. She's in the market. She's at every she's corner. In the streets. And if you remember what we were reading <laughs> earlier, not too long ago, it was First Timothy, how the a widow should remarry and how she should be with children and that she should be in her home. And so I find the like the contrast between these two very interesting because this evil woman, this forbidden woman is busybodied. She doesn't have purpose and she's out here finding things to do. And it is a huge issue that we can easily run into. And so let's read one more thing. Sorry, y'all. I know. Okay. I know. I'll be making you flip up and down all up in your Bibles. But in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, 20, says, For I fear that perhaps when I may come, I may not, not, I may not find you as I wish. And that you may not find me as you wish. That perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. The opposite of idleness is order, structure, fruitful work. And so the opposite of that and the fruit that come from idleness are exactly what Paul is listing out here. He's saying, uh, as a result of your idleness, as a result of you guys not getting to work and doing what you're called to do, you guys are going to be quarreling. You're going to be jealous. You're going to be angry. You're going to be hostile. You're going to be slandering and gossiping. You're going to be conceitful. And there's going to be great disorder. And so these are the fruit of idleness. And so if you find yourself in a position where you... That's interesting. I wonder if that's... Um, a conclusion she's come to or if she has something in the Bible to back it up, like if there's a verse in particular that says that, um, just because kind of based on reading Second Corinthians chapter 12, it doesn't um, like explicitly refer to laziness or idleness as causing quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. In fact, if we look at kind of the broader context of the letters to the church in Corinth, which is what First and Second Corinthians are, we've talked about First Corinthians a lot and about how um, the reason that Paul was writing letters to the church in Corinth is because he heard about certain troubles that they were having. And um, kind of the main thing that was going on was people were cheating on their spouses and they were engaging in um, not only affairs, but like incestuous relationships. And he was like, what the heck are you guys doing? Stop. Like, I mean, like a, a husband should only lay with his wife because people were cheating on each other and engaging in inappropriate sexual relationships. And this is also when he talked about, I wish all of you were as I am, unmarried. But if if you have a lust so great in your heart that you can't control it, go ahead and get married. Like, just go ahead and do that because it would be better for you to get married so you can, you know, engage in, in your sexual activities without it burning you up and like causing you to be so distracted that you can't even focus on anything else, right? So he's had this conversation before. So kind of this whole section is to repeat what Milena read, 
um, for I'm afraid that when I come, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Yes, I am afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence, and I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, sexual immorality, and eagerness for lustful pleasure. So to me, that kind of alludes back to like, we're still having the same problem. Like we're still having these same issues that we were in 1 Corinthians where you guys are not being faithful to your spouses and it's causing all kinds of problems. And so I'm afraid that this is going to keep happening, not necessarily referring to laziness causing or idleness causing anger and jealousy and all of these undesirable traits in the people that he's talking to. But that's like, that's just how I interpret it. And that's kind of my view on this verse based on the context that I know from first and second Corinthians. Have time to be quarreling. You have time to be jealous. You are angry. You are hostile, slandering, gossip, conceit there. And there's great disorder. That may be a fruit from the idleness that may be taking place in your life. And so the opposite of that, when there isn't idleness, there is peace, there is order, there is structure, there is purpose, there is plan. All these beautiful fruit that I think almost everyone would probably guarantee to want to have in their life. I only ever want to start with all of what scripture says because that is the most important thing. And now I want to talk more about like an application and why this is even important. And if Mm -hmm. we don't feel this sense of urgency that we have souls to find and souls to raise and train, then the idea of idleness will always be near to our heart because there's no urgency. And I think the urgency of the Lord coming back and the urgency of finding these souls is what keeps us at this pressure to keep moving on and finding purpose. And Proverbs eleven fifteen says, whoever works his hand will be plentiful of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuit lacks sense. And so I want you to ask yourself the question of what is your worthless pursuit right now? Whoever works his hands will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuit lacks sense. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be someone that lacks sense. I don't want to be someone that lacks motivation. I don't want to be someone that lacks pursuit and purpose because God has given each of Okay, so apparently Melina misspoke when she referenced um, where this verse is actually located that she's reading because in my Bible, Proverbs eleven fifteen says there's danger in putting up security for a stranger's debt. It's safer not to guarantee another person's debt. So... Um, I'm sure it's easy enough to find that verse that she's referring to, but it just threw me off for a second. I was like, wait, did I hear her right? I went back and I listened and I was like, yep, I heard her. She said Proverbs 11:15, but we got a little bit of a mix up here. Such a specific plan and purpose for our time here on earth and what vanity and what sadness would it bring? This is making me very uncomfortable. Um, I feel like we've gotten a lot of butt shots from Milena. And I get that she's like showing herself cleaning. And so she's putting the camera behind her to show her cleaning. Um, But it feels like very intentional. It feels like we're getting a lot of rear end on purpose. And it's making me a little bit uncomfortable. Because it's kind of like um, 
have you seen those videos where people go into really dirty places and they're like, oh, like I saw one, <laughs> I was laughing at the voice that I almost just did. Um, but this girl went into a Burger King and she was like trying to get, uh, trying to get this Burger King bathroom totally clean before I get kicked out or before the manager catches me. And she's like, oh, wow, what a dirty bathroom. Alejandro, the manager found me and he said, I don't, can't do this. I'm going to try and finish before he kicks me out. Such dirty sink. And like, it feels like it's um, meant to like be a little bit sexual for somebody of like, oh, this dirty sink. And so I kind of feel like Milena's doing the same thing with her being like really heavily pregnant and showing us her butt so much. And I could be totally reaching like that could not even be within the realm of possibility for her. But I bet there are a lot of guys who watch her and are like, wow, what a traditional woman, what a beautiful bride you are, what an amazing woman you are carrying your child and, you know, carrying your child in your womb and cleaning the house still and bending over and getting the crumbs off the couch. It just, it's given me an icky vibe a little bit, but if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry for putting it in that context if that's not what she meant, but that's the vibe I'm getting. And this is my channel where I give you my opinion. So there you go. <laughs> to our father for him to know that he had this laid out so beautifully and cut out for us. And we chose to idle. We chose to be busybodied instead. And so ask yourself, what is your worthless pursuit right now? Because I, I would have loved to give us like a list of things that qualify and I would say are examples of idling, but it's so different in every single circumstance. And so this is something that you have to pray about and ask the Lord to reveal to you. And some of you may already know exactly what I am talking about. You have the exact, as soon as I said worthless pursuit, you four things popped in your mind right now that you think of and that you do. And so if that's you, well, now you have your homework and now you can get to work. But if not, then pray about it and ask the Lord and the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is that you are pursuing that is worthless. Romans 12, 11 says, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. I, I said a couple of seconds ago, I, it's hard and difficult to list off and say that, well, if you are a, if you are a mother and you have a pile of laundry and a pile of dishes, you're idling. That's not necessarily true. And it's also not necessarily true to say that if you are on your phone for five plus hours a day that you're also idling on your phone because I don't know what you're actually doing on your phone. I think there's a difference between doom scrolling and soul searching okay. because you can be on Instagram and you can be doom scrolling for hours and hours at a time, but you can also be on Instagram and messaging people and creating interactions and fighting for the souls of people that you meet on Instagram. And so again, this conversation is difficult to have because we all have tools and we all have resources. How are we using these tools and resources that we've been given? There are certain mm. modern day conveniences that yes, 
make our life so much easier, which are great. Those, those aren't inherently sinful, but again, how are you stewarding those? How are you using that? How are you stewarding your time? Because idleness comes with time. We all have a certain amount of time in a day and we're all allotted that time. And so I hesitate to say that if your house is in a disarray that you're idling because that might not necessarily be the case at all. I have and know several women in my church who have said this to me, but they are out every single day from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. at night in the streets of Detroit preaching the gospel and investing in people's lives who they have never been inside of a church and they are out in the streets all day long, but then they probably come home and their dishes are probably piled up and they probably have a whole lot of laundry to catch up on because they've been out all day long. But I wouldn't necessarily say because they're idling because they're not, they're definitely not idling. They are outside doing the work of the Lord. And so we have to ask ourselves the question of, what even is our job right now? And if we go to Romans 12, he gives us very specific gifts that we all have as believers. And, you know, something about Melena is that I don't know how genuine she is in some of the things she says. I know there's a lot of conjecture about her lying or maybe being a little bit dishonest and painting a picture of kind of how they live their lives on you know, Instagram and on the podcast and on YouTube and those things maybe not necessarily being accurate in her actual real life. But I will say that I think Malena does um, bring up kind of interesting topics to talk about or she'll bring up interesting points. For example, this this concept of um, idleness. I can't say that I've ever thought about the concept of laziness or having frivolous pursuits within the context of morality or how either of those things would play into religious beliefs. So I do think that this is an interesting conversation to have, and I appreciate that Milena does bring up interesting topics to kind of kind of work through together and evaluate different sides of. I guess my initial thought on this as a concept is that it is important to make the most of your limited time here on earth. We all know that we're not going to live forever. And so um, putting effort into one, living the kind of life that you want to live is important and making sure that you are like working towards your goals and what you want to accomplish is something that I think a lot of people should uh, kind of like take stock of and like making sure that they are working towards something that is going to fulfill them instead of just kind of like letting life carry you wherever wherever the wind blows. And I think that that's kind of a personal thing because I used to be somebody who was very much like life happens to me and I just roll with the punches and eventually I got sick of that. And I was like, no, like life doesn't just happen to me. Yeah, there's going to be unpredictable things, but I'm going to make choices for the like for my own life, I'm going to make decisions and I'm going to act on those choices. So um, yeah, like that's that as a concept is important to me. And I think that um, we also should make sure that we are coming to a place of balance and incorporating rest and um, doing what we can to like be happy. Because just because you're busy or just because you do a lot 
doesn't mean that you're fulfilled and it doesn't mean that you're happy. And so I think it's definitely about finding a balance of volunteering and doing things for others and working, whether it be in the home or outside of the home and like having activities and building relationships with other people, but then also taking that sacred time in your house by yourself or with your own family and resetting and recharging and just having that like downtime is also really important. So I don't know, but those are just like my totally rambly thoughts um, about the topic and those could change. I could get more clarity on those as time goes on. And if I do, I'll, I'll give you all an update, but that's just kind of like my first inclination when we talk about this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have been given a gift to use for the kingdom of God. We are all one body made of many members. And so when we're in moments of like not really knowing what to do and we find ourselves trapped in idleness, ask yourself, what is the gift that the Lord gave me? And am I stewarding that gift right now? Because there you go. Boom. You just found the antidote to this poison of idol. You just found how to spend your time. We are not called to be here on earth, just being busy bodied and useless and purposeless. That is from the enemy. And if he's allowed idleness to be something that has a stronghold in your life, let today be the day you say no more, Satan. I am here to proclaim the gospel and I am here. You could pull a farin and you could just scream, go devil, go. That I think that that would also work. With a purpose. The Lord has given every single one of us a plan and a purpose. And like I just said, the result of idleness that is listed out in 1 Corinthians 12 says, quarreling and jealousy and anger. Don't be jealous of another Mm. sister in Christ who has a different spiritual gift than you. Utilize the spiritual gift that the Lord gave to you. And that is going to look very different. When you're idling, you have time to sit here and think, oh, I wish I had this, or I wish I had that, or I wish this. You have time to sit there in anger. You have time to sit there and gossip. This is why it is so dangerous because of the fruit that come from idleness. And let's not mistake idleness and rest. I'm going to do a whole separate video on rest because rest, spiritual rest, physical rest. Okay. So I do like that she brought up not being jealous of someone else or their perceived spiritual gifts. And um, I do think that if you are kind of just sitting and like scrolling the internet, just like scrolling TikTok or Instagram or whatever, it can be easy to see someone else's life and be like, wow, I wish I had that, or I wish I had that thing, or I wish I was good at this. I wish I had her confidence. I wish I had her husband, whatever it may be. It's really easy to start comparing your life to someone else's life that they have put on the internet, um, as opposed to like their life in reality. And so I like that she brought that up. And then um, also that she's bringing up the idea of like laziness versus rest. So that's cool. I like that. 
Those are really beautiful things. And the world doesn't talk about these things. Guys, don't go to Google to search up how to rest. Don't go to go. Stop Why going not? to Google. Go into your Bible and open up your Bible. Because that's going to tell you the truth. That's going to give you the actual answer to the problems that we may have. If we go to Ephesians 4, it talks about the church and the body of the church and how to serve the church. And even Paul told us, like, he wants, he doesn't want to find us in this state of anger. And if we find ourselves, he says to abolish the idleness, to pray for one another, to not repay evil with evil. Like Paul and scriptures telling us exactly what to do instead of idling. And so write these verses down, you guys memorize them. That is like the easiest way for us to live it out is to know what it says to actually live out. And I really want to encourage you with these two very specific verses. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, and it says, whether you eat or you drink, do it all for the glory of the Lord. And I love that verse because it helps us remember how frugal our time here is. It helps us remember what we're supposed to be doing. I feel like it's just such a sobering verse. And then Colossians 3, 23, which says, whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And I love that. It's just so sobering. Those are two great verses that we can use every single day to know that what we are doing has a purpose and a plan and that we're not just going to be busy-bodied people here on earth. We have a strong mission to do, and I want to encourage you to go after that mission. Now, to finish off, I want to encourage you with a woman in the Bible. Is she just going to gloss over that Colossians 3 verse 22 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Of course, it would make sense that there is reference to slavery throughout the Bible because historically, that's what was happening. People were being enslaved. And so it makes sense that there would be specific messages to slaves throughout the Bible. I guess just to give some additional information, I read verse 22 and this chapter only goes through verse 25. So we're pretty much at the end of chapter three. And then chapter four, verse one says, masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. So if you take those verses kind of as a whole, it is Paul essentially reminding people, both slaves and slave owners, to remember that their actions will have eternal um, impact, kind of like what you do on earth matters. And so that like this is what he chose to put in Colossians. This is Paul's opinion. This is what he wrote. I think it's kind of, um, it's obviously an uncomfortable topic to talk about of like, well, God loves everybody. So why would there be a verse in the Bible that says slaves obey your masters. Like why wouldn't it just be a straight up denunciation of slavery? Um, But like we have to remember that like God didn't write the Bible and only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually contain like Jesus's words and like Jesus's instructions and everything else was written by other influential figures. Wise people contributed to the Bible and there are a lot of things that we should take seriously and 
kind of use as guidance for our own lives. But we also have to remember that these are imperfect human people sharing their opinions and their views on certain things. Like we have to remember that King David, one of the most influential figures in the Bible, somebody that people look up to and use it as an example of someone who had incredible faith, was also an adulterer and a murderer. They're imperfect people living in an imperfect world. So anyway, I just wanted to take a, a quick second to address that and talk about it, especially if you're watching this and you're like flipping through and finding the verses as well, because I think it's incredibly off-putting for Milena to be like, see, the Bible says that we should work hard and just ignore that the verse directly before the one she's quoting is talking about slavery. Um, it's very off-putting to me. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes to talk about it. And you would think I was going to direct you to the Proverbs 31 woman, which yes, she was very busy working with her hands. Great. She's going to talk about Ruth, I bet. <laughs> That's just my guess. I haven't been great with guesses lately. I've been a little bit um, off, but that's that's my guess. Ruth or Naomi? Description of the opposite of being an idol and idling. But this woman is actually found in the book of Acts, and her name is Tabitha. And the impact <sighs> that Tabitha had as a result of her hands I think is really beautiful and I wish she got more recognition because I love Tabitha so I'm going to read it to you really fast it's in Acts 9 36 there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha which translated means Dorcas she was full of good works and acts of charity in those days she became ill and died and when they had washed her they laid her in the upper room since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there. He sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. When he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorca made while she was with them. But Peter put all of them outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes and she saw Peter and she sat up and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive, it became known through all of Joppa and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon. So basically y'all, this woman, Tabitha, she made many beautiful tunics and garments and she made them for other widows and so when Tabitha did pass all of these widows are weeping making all this commotion because they're mourning her and loved her so much they were so grieved and then here comes Peter rises up Tabitha and from her rising, so from the commotion that was caused by these other widows and their grievance of her loss because of what she did when she was here on earth, it was enough for Peter to come, rise her from the dead. And then it says, then in verse 42, it became known through all of Joppa and many believed in the Lord. So this woman had such a testimony and impacted the people that were here on earth so deeply that they mourned so loudly, caused such commotion. She was raised from the dead and so many more were saved because of that. Yes, they got to see and witness a miracle, but then also that 
miracle came from the fact that she was mourned so deeply. And so I just want to encourage you, be like Tabitha. Be able to impact people even after you pass. This is what we are supposed to be doing. Let today be the last day that you idle and let every day moving forward have a purpose and a plan that serves on to the Lord. All right, that was a good story. That was a good um, section of scripture to reference to illustrate her point. I like that. But that is the end of Milena's video. As always, you heard all of my thoughts all throughout the reaction, and now I'm really excited to hear yours. I would like to hear what you think about this, if this is something that you've considered if you're religious, and if you're not religious, what you thought of her approach to talking about the topic. Um, I, I do appreciate that she said, like, I can't say what idleness looks like because I don't know what your life looks like. You know, it's, it, it would be really easy for somebody to, ju to judge and say, well, if you have a bunch of dishes that need to be done or a bunch of laundry laundry that needs to be folded, like you're being lazy, you're not taking care of your home. But what if you're out doing something else? What if you are doing something that is of more importance than folding the laundry? Um, so I appreciate that she included that in there and that she is leaving room for personal experience and um, just different people's lives in the way that they live them. I thought that that was good. And overall, I think that this is a really interesting conversation to have. And so I am definitely excited to hear your thoughts on it. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave any thought that you may have in the comment section down below. And if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this episode. And while you are doing that, if you would consider liking this video or subscribing to my channel or leaving the podcast a rating or a review, that would be incredible. If you've done any of those things already, Thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people and I will see you in the next one. Bye.